Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. Welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL features. So head on over to their website today, which is betonline.ag, and use your mobile device, whatever device you have, to sign up, and you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, which is believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get that bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Huge thanks to them for presenting this week's episode of the podcast and uh, stopping by the uh, the Carnesada this week is a former Los Angeles Dodger, uh, current Sportsnet LA uh, analyst Eric Caros. Eric, how you doing, man? What's happening? Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us for a little bit here. I, uh, I I've always been intrigued uh, with uh, with how open you've been about stuff ever since your playing days. And uh, so I wanted to ask you one of those things. You, you openly talked about the minors and kind of the, the 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 grind, if you will. You know, kind of earning your stripes and paying your dues. The whole, you know, we're gonna we're gonna all chip in our meal money and get a, a loaf of bread and, and some peanut yeah. butter and and share uh, PB and J sandwiches. Uh, but one thing that that stood out to me about about you, you were the 1992 Rookie of the Year. You you were called up though in 1991, yeah. and you made your major league debut as a pinch runner. I uh, I've always wanted to ask you how was that for you as that being your debut? So it's a it's a pretty good story, right? Just because if you were to say, hey, what what was Carol's debut? You know, you would think as a pinch hitter or something along those lines, because obviously my career was more known for hitting than base running, right? But it was uh, it was as a pinch runner for Mike Sharperson and. Uh, and so, like, you might think, man, that's kind of nuts. But remember, a Hall of Fame manager, Tommy Lasorda, he made that move, right? Um, but that's what it was. It was uh, against the Cubs, and uh, I'd just been called up. Uh, there were about – I think there were five of us, myself, a guy named Tom Goodwin, John Wetland, uh, a couple other guys. But anyhow, that was uh, – Sharpie was on first base, and uh, I think they were just trying to get him out of the game. We were probably way ahead, and – Tommy said, uh, hey, Carol, go grab a helmet. You're going to pinch run. I was like, you sure? You know, you sure? And, uh, yeah, had me go out there and pinch run. I didn't do anything. I just went out there and stood on the base. <laughs> well, and, and the reason I bring that up is you didn't get your first hit for several days after that. Yeah. And then it, and then the season kind of, you know, dwindled down. And, and from there, the season starts again in 92. Did you know that you were going to make the big league squad the next year? No, no, no. So it was, so as you said, I, I'd been called up 91 play. So then that winter I went down to uh, Venezuela, Caracas, Venezuela. Yeah. And that was my second, uh, second stint. I'd gone the winter before and uh, 
I've done decent. I, I got sick, came home right before the holidays. Um, but, you know, like, hey, they want me to go back down. Sure, you know, I'll do whatever they ask because there was a chance I could, you know, fight for the, the starting first base position. They still had Eddie Murray. Wasn't sure if he was going to re-sign or not. Uh, so I went down to, to Venezuela again. And I was uh, – I had a great time off the field. On the field, I was no bueno, dude. Not, not good. And uh, they had seen enough, and they sent me home. And the – you know, so then now it's like the Dodgers are wondering, hey, is this kid ready? They had uh, Eddie Murray had signed with uh, New York. I think they traded for uh, Todd Benzinger. Cal Daniels had a first base glove. Straw had a first base glove. You know, hell, Tommy was taking ground balls with me over at first, you know, just screwing around as a manager. So to say that I thought I was going to make the team, no. I, I, I had a great spring. Uh, somebody got hurt. A pitcher got hurt. And they just kind of had to keep me because my spring was so good. But I, it, I ended up making the team. And, and you know, in hindsight, great. But I was kind of, it's also kind of, it was frustrating too, though, because I had had three great years in the minor leagues. It wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden one year things clicked. Three great years, but this winter ball episode for, you know, a month kind of was like, hey, wait, we don't know if the guy can play. So that, you know, whatever. It worked out, but like at the time wasn't too cool. No, and the, well, the reason I bring it up is because of how open you were about the grind in the minor leagues back in that day, right? And and to go from from that grind, if you will, to to it worked out, like you said, you were in the nineteen ninety two yeah. Rookie of the Year, and uh, you know, kind of the rest is is history. But what I appreciate that you've pointed out is I don't remember who told you uh, who it was. It was someone in the big leagues that they told you once you got up to appreciate it because oh, it goes yeah. in a blink of an eye. And, Brett Butler. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett and, Butler. During the, the riots, couldn't get back down to where I lived. Had to stay north of the 10 freeway, staying with uh, Bugsy. That was his nickname. But, he, you know, he's a, he was an older guy, always mentoring me. And, you know, one of these, one of these nights, you know, he was talking to me. And he's, he's like, look, look, Eric, you better, you better appreciate every day in the big leagues like it's your last because it's going to go like, boom, snaps his fingers. Get up 23, 24, and I'm just going like, look, dude, I – I'm going to be around here for a long time, single guy. Like, I don't need this kind of advice. But I'll be darned, he was right. Just boom, career over. Yeah, because I, I, I just turned 36, and I was thinking about this. 1992 wasn't that long ago, but it's like, whoa, that was, you know. Right? Yeah. Right? It was 30 years ago. That's what I'm saying. It's like. I mean, I get, I, I get it when I go look in the mirror. I'm like, whoa, hey, you know. <laughs> but, dude, when you say 30 years ago, I'm like, come on, man. That wasn't 30 years ago. 30 years ago. And and with that, I, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you the, the reason I kind of am tying, tying this all in, we talk a lot about, obviously, the Dodgers in this podcast because it's a yeah. Dodgers-centric podcast. Yeah. But we've been so spoiled for the better part of a decade with this kind of you know, right. this iteration of this team and, and people are nitpicking and all this and that. Obviously, you've been lucky enough to watch it from the sideline to a certain yep. degree as well. Uh, for those fans that are kind of the sky is falling on the reg, I, I wanted you to kind of put that into perspective for, for those, the, the fan base. So the, 
again, it's, it's, you become used to it. And it's the expectation is, of course, the Dodgers are going to win the division. Of course, they're going to go through the playoffs and it's all right. Who, who are the Dodgers going to play for the world series? And that this group, you know, that, that, that's grown up with, you know, these players in the last, I want to say, what's it almost been a 10 year run, an eight year run, whatever it's been. Um, that's the norm, right? That's the norm. But it hasn't always, you know, it hasn't always been like that. And it wasn't always like that. And when it is like that, again, you just, I don't want to say you take it for granted, but it is difficult as heck to win in the big leagues, let alone win a world championship. I mean, you, you know, you can even look at the Dodgers, right? It's, you know, you're thinking every year you're going to the World Series, but the reality is there's been one world championship, and that was in the, the, the 20 season, right? So it just, you got to be lucky. You got to be good, no doubt, but you got to have a lot of luck on your side. I don't care who you are, what team, whatever. You look back and that run in the postseason, I promise you, you can find a game or two or a play that you just went, whoa, that doesn't happen. These guys don't win. And so, you know, it's understandable now. It's like you want to, I don't want to say you want to nitpick, but, you know, even when we're doing games, calling games, it's, it's, well, so-and-so's not hitting, or, hey, the offense needs to be a little better. The pitching's that. Oh, but by the way, the Dodgers have the best record in the National League. Thank you. Right? And, right. Uh, hey, Eric, uh, I wanted to follow up with you because you mentioned winter ball. You know, we had Max Muncy on the show, and we had Dale Murphy on the show, and they all raved about their winter ball experiences. Being that we are the only Latino podcast that focuses on the Dodgers, what stories can you share about wow. your experience wow. in, in winter that are G-rated, that are appropriate, that won't get you in trouble Wait, with your I, family? So you said, yeah, you, so you said Dale Murphy. Okay, yeah. I'll go with Max Muncy. Where did he play winter ball? Like, in Mexico. He played, he, no, he played for the Charros in Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Did he really play in the Mexican winter league? Yeah. He he loved, he raved about it. He loved he every aspect. Murphy okay. the same way. I was so surprised because here's Dale Murphy, right? And yeah, he yeah. he loved the food. He loved everything. You said you had a better time off the field no, than no, off. No, no doubt, no doubt. Like the the so my experience was down in Caracas, um, and you know it. it you know I, I can say it now, but it was it was where we stayed across the street was this hotel, and everybody, all the tourists would go to this hotel, and whether you know a lot of people from Spain, you know would come and, you know, male, female, but it was almost like you go to the pool, you hang out at the pool until about two o'clock in the afternoon. You grab some pollo y pan on the way to uh, the field. You eat, you know, in my, my sister, you go play the game. And then, you know, after the game, you were, uh, you know, you, you found a place to relax for, for a few hours and you go home, you get about five hours of sleep and, you repeat, right? And um, it was a lot of fun. I was younger then, obviously. Um, meet a lot of interesting people. You you start to also, what I didn't understand and, and why winter ball was so good in, in helping me. So a lot of times, like in the minor leagues, you have the guys from whether it was a Dominican or Venezuela or, you know, wherever. They're coming over here playing ball. And at the time when I'm coming, it's like, you know, we're playing like it's, you know, we're trying to get the world championship for the Cal League, right? For Bakersfield or Albuquerque in the Coast League. Or, 
And these guys, you know, they didn't have the same, they were just trying to survive. Let me just put it that way. You know, they, they're like, yeah, if we win great, but like, look, it's, I'm just trying to survive. And so sometimes it would, you know, you get kind of teed off, right? Because it's like, man, come on, we're trying to win the championship here. And that's a big deal for all these small towns or whatever. So then when I go over to play winter ball, so that is now all these guys are home, right? They're playing in front of their family and friends who they interact with all the time. And, you know, I don't know anybody down there, right? I, I you know, there's three other, you know, gringos, American dudes <laughs> on the team. You know, we're just like trying to survive, right? Right. And I understood now because these guys are playing, they're running through walls and that's all that matters. And it's, I get it because that's the way that I'm playing when I'm in Bakersfield. Right. But then when I'm down there, like, sure, I want to do well, I want to win, but I'm just trying to survive. That's my first thing. So I could, it helped me understand guys when they're coming over here and being, you know, they're in a quote unquote foreign country when they're in the United States and how difficult it is and what they have to go through. And I think that's probably the the thing that winter ball, I mean, besides looking at it, you know, I learned a lot of lessons and it's a whole different world over there. Um, but it helped me understand what these guys were going through. And it, 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 it helped me, you know, in the, in the, you know, my latter years in the minor leagues and then all through the big leagues. Hito Espanol. Lo, lo hablas bien. Más o menos. <laughs> there we go. Cuando, cuando, cuando necesito. Hey, there we go. There we go. Now you were officially a friend of the carne asada right there, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted, you mentioned earlier also to appreciate that not only the time in the big leagues, but also that these fans need to appreciate this, this stretch that the Dodgers yeah. are going, this 10-year stretch. That mid-90s Dodgers team, that 94, 95, 96, mm -hmm. I, I feel it's kind of like a forgotten period in Dodger baseball. I mean, there were a lot of good players on that team. And let's not forget, folks, we are talking to the Los Angeles Dodgers all-time home run leader. How many times do you throw that in Piazza's right. face when you see him? I, you know, it's funny you mentioned those teams. Our, our best team, no question, was the 97 team that we you know we didn't even get in right yeah. and that uh we were i mean i, I still to this day we I, I thought we were the best team in the national league the marlins and marlins ended up winning they had come to our place i think it was late august four game series we took three out of four we should have taken four and then we just we ran out of gap the last week i think we were i think we had a two game lead with nine or 11 to go we lost two devastating games in san francisco um and we ended up not not getting. We lost by a game or two, I think. But I'd say like those teams, those teams for me, they were. If you look back at like our payroll for those ball clubs, we would be fifteenth or sixteenth in the league. We weren't we weren't top of the line payroll team. We were, and we always during that stage we missed that. We didn't have that veteran presence. We didn't have. And if you go back to like the 70 Dodgers in the mid 70s, and yes, you have the Garvey, Say, Lopes, Russell. But what put them over the top was Jimmy Wynn coming over in, in 74, 70. You know, he should have won the MVP that year or Reggie Smith a few years later or Dusty Baker. So you always have like these 
Yeah, it was it was a youth, no doubt. But they bring in a horse, and I'm not talking about you know we're bringing in Chad Curtis, right? Otis Nixon. Like you probably don't even know those names, right? No, I remember Otis Nixon from the the Braves. So, so, and, and I'll never forget this. It's it's we are we are it was we're playing the Braves in '96, and we'd just been announced. We're on the field. And I'm standing next to Mondesi because we got we we've got you know they're doing the lineup. So then they announced the Braves reserves, the Braves reserves, and they're like you know Danny Nagel, David Justice reserves, not in the lineup. And 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 uh, Mondi Mondi goes, holy shitty, okay, they got two effing teams over there. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, right, dude, like we're just going, we're going, you know. Piazza, you know, we're doing all youth stuff. And we had, I remember we had some times, you know, there was a chance we had, uh, we were going to get Robin Ventura. We didn't do it. We had, a, you know, Randy Johnson, we had a uniform made for. Didn't, oh, really? Didn't get, like there were, oh yeah, there were some big, but we never, uh, I think what happened, like looking back on it, the, the, when we traded Pedro for Delino, after that, Bam didn't trade any young guy like every young uh, guy was going to be the next coming of you know the the greatest player in the and 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 I don't want to say we got gun shy but you know we we had Carlos Hernandez, Kareem Garcia, Roger Cedeno, like all these guys we couldn't trade because you know we didn't and and at the time we could have got you know we could have got Robin Ventura could have mm-hmm. got you know Randy Junk could have got you know all those guys so Yes, we had good teams, but we played to where we should have been. I mean, you know, it would have been nice to to win postseason games to get to a whatever, but we just, um, you know, we didn't. Look at we aren't getting you, Darvish, Max Scherzer. You know, <laughs> we're not making those moves, right? We just weren't. So why is it that it sticks with players like that? When we had uh, we had Dontrell on the show, and yeah. he was telling us how much crap Mark Pryor still gives Dontrell about that Cubs Marlin series. It seems that we you guys always run into each other, and you guys remember stuff from years ago. Well, and we, it's not the highlights of your career; it's the lowlights. It's not. It's 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 what probably what elicits the most emotional response right and usually and as you guys know it's like the the lows have a much greater impact than the highs right right the highs are like okay great then it's fleeting but the lows will always stick with you because you always are saying what if if this would have been done if this would have happened if we would have just you know i don't want to say you try to redo it but it's like man if we would have blah 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 so that's why there are, you know, you go back to like, you know, the Don Trail with, with prior. It's like, you know, you know, I was obviously I was playing first base for that team. And, you know, like really the Marlins, like, does anybody even care that the Marlins won a World Series that year? No, nobody cares. Right. I, I remember it's like we, I, I was on a team in 2004 with the uh, Redmond was on the team, the left handed pitcher uh-huh. we were together with the A's, you know, and he's getting his ring. Right. And, you know, it's just, it, it, they got this, like, huge ring that you would never wear anywhere because it's so ridiculously big, right? Right. And it was really the first of its time. But I, I, I remember, it, you know, saying to him, I go, dude, I go, 
So if you if we would have won, we 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 own not own, but we are golden in the city of Chicago yeah. for life. Yes, life. You are. I don't even know if you're golden, my like nobody cares. Like nobody cares. <laughs> That's just the reality. The only people that care about that championship are the guys on the team. That's it. <laughs> So when that play happened, did you realize how big the Bartman thing was going to become at that point? No, it, I, it was just, it was frustrating, right? You're just thinking yeah. in the way Moises reacted, you're thinking, okay, he could have caught it. But I still thought, like, we're still up. I think it was three nothing at the time, right? We're going to, yeah. we're still, we got Pryor on the hill. We're, we're going to, you know, we're going to shut this thing out, right? And then this happens, this happens, you know, the, uh, the ground ball. Um, and even after losing that game, I was like, so what? We got, you know, right. we got, we got the uh, Carrie Wood. And I believe, I believe Redmond started game seven, if I'm not mistaken, for, for I Florida. I don't remember. I don't, but anyhow, we hadn't even gotten the dugout yet. And Miguel Cabrera had hit a three run home run. We're down three nothing before we even sit in the dugout. I'm like, oh boy. But still, we went, we were ahead five to three after the fifth inning. Five to three. And you want to talk about like, I, you remember and stuff. Five to three in the fifth inning, we're ahead. They have a guy named it was Brian Barnes or something leads off, and Kerry Wood walks him. And Kerry Wood was dominant that year, right? Yeah. Brian Barnes never plays another game after that season because he goes on to be a dentist. Like, how the hell is Brian <laughs> Barnes walk? Like, I mean, really? So you know, whatever. But I don't remember any of that, right? I don't that doesn't stick to me or anything. I love that line. He, he became a dentist. So go ahead, Alonzo. I uh, speaking of of random things to remember, just you know, because I I was young, right? You know, like I mentioned yeah. to you, I just turned thirty six. But in in ninety five, there was another guy that kind of made a little bit of a splash around here. His name is Hideo Nomo, and 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 I've always because he was such an enigma. And when I and and the reason I say it that way, when I worked in baseball. Uh, a lot of guys would ask for his autograph, and he was kind of, you know, he, he was very, I don't want to say standoffish, but he, he was, again, just an enigma. He was super interesting to just kind of see him interact uh, with people. But I've always been curious. You obviously played behind him being at first. Right. What, what was it like to watch that dude just work? So what he had to go through and the weight of what he had on his shoulders, I don't know that. I don't know that I, you know, look at there's, there's, there's Jackie Robinson, which is way over, you know, it's out of the thing, right. Of what he had to deal with the responsibilities, all that, like crazy, not nothing comparable to that. But I would argue that, that a distant second would have been Hideo Nomo because he's coming over. Now there was a left-handed pitcher, Masa. I forget. Uh, uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka. Who? Daisuke Matsuzaka? No, 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 no. He pitched for the Giants in the 60s. Oh. And he was really the first uh, Japanese ball player to come over. But it wasn't the fanfare. It wasn't anything. But he was a left-handed pitcher, I believe. And he pitched for the Giants in the 60s. So anyhow, he comes over, does his thing. But, you know, it didn't open the floodgates. It didn't open. So when Nomo comes over, Nomo was an established star in Japan, right? He was, you know, he won the equivalent of the Cy Young, this and that. He was also kind of a, a rebel, like he's going to buck the system. 
He's going to come over to Major League Baseball and try and play, and you know, whatever. So he's got the weight of the country of Japan on his shoulders. You know, and I don't know if everybody's rooting for him or if they're wanting to fail or what it is, because, again, he's leaving the Japanese major leagues to come, you know, pursue the big leagues. So he's got that pressure of, man, I'm kind of on my own island. I got to do I've got to I've got to perform. I've got to do well. If I do well, then that opens the door for, you know, Ichiro, Matsui. Uh, you know, there were some lesser guys that played. Um, but if he doesn't do well and doesn't have the success, doesn't take the, you know, Major League Baseball in the United States by storm, I don't know that that door is open. At least it's not open then. And so he comes here, comes to L.A. He's the tornado. He's that 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 dude had the biggest set of you know what that I think I've ever played with. I'm not kidding you. That that guy would take the ball anytime. His arm could be ready to fall off. And, you know, they'd go out to the mound and they'd say, how you doing at Dale? And he'd go, hey. Like, literally. Like, which meant, I got to get the F back in the dugout, you know. And so he, um, super guy, team guy, um, you know, always made sure he had an interpreter because I he understood, like he understood, but but by having the interpreter, he always could create that shield, right? When he needed to. Japanese press, 24-7. Dude couldn't go take a piss without the press following him in the bathroom. Like you think I'm kidding too, and I'm not. Like, that, no, yeah. like that's how extreme it was. And so it's funny because you know, in this day and age now, yes, you have social media and that's tough and all that. But if you had the, the like the guys had to deal with the, the amount of pressure that he had in the following, like, I mean, he was one of a kind. Really, he really was. Uh, and, he, and you got all that and he, you know, he shoved, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, Masanori Morikama, I think is how you yeah. say his name. Yeah, Morikama, yeah. Um, and the other thing about Nomo, too, the reason I bring him up is is obviously there's the Shohei effect. And, yeah. and you know, we were in uh, off air. We were having a conversation about, about some stuff. And one of the names that came up was Ichiro, right? Yeah. But, but I don't think that Hideo was also kind of given his flowers, if that makes sense. And, and where I think he should be, I guess, recognized a little bit more because he was the Beatles. Like, he was the Beatles for, you know, baseball before Shohei. Right. I, but, but like Shoei, that's a unicorn, right? That's a, yeah, that's a whole like other thing. Shoei is like, I mean, that, that's just, that, I don't even know what that is, right? That's Shohei, Shohei is Led Zeppelin, and then Hideo right. is the yeah, Beatles. Dude. <laughs> dude, I, I mean, he, so, so but, but Hideo, you know, Hideo was, was, so remember this too. Hideo had a Hall of Fame career over in Japan before he came here. So, and, and again, as, as much as those guys worked and as much as they throw in, I mean, who knows how many pitches that guy had thrown before he got here, right? Shohei, like, what, I don't know, how old was he when he came over here? Was he 21, 20? He was 21, know. 20, something like that. Right, right. So he had no mileage yeah. over in Japan, right? He had yeah. no mileage. And again, it, 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 it's much different. People, 
Now the expectations because of the buildup, like this guy's the next Babe Ruth. I, I mean, I, I heard that from so many scouts and people that had seen him and you're just going, okay, like, really? I mean, is it, the guy can't be that good. I mean, the way that he was built up, I think of anything, what his, um, what he's had to deal with that, that has been what's so impressive. The expectation was through the roof and he's, he's been everything and more. Like Hideo, you didn't know, right? You didn't, yeah, no, it's like, oh, this dude's coming over here. Yeah, good luck. Right? <laughs> well, well, and with Otani, you know, because obviously there's a lot of, he's taken the world kind of by storm, yeah. right? You know, that he's everywhere. GQ, you know, all, all yeah. that stuff. Uh, is it really fair to call him a unicorn? Because, you know, obviously now now he's, he's there's trout. Who, well, he's a unicorn because there's nobody else like him. Yeah. So, so you tell me, like, there's not another guy that, pitches and hits at that level, not even. And so this was interesting because I, I, I was talking to some front office guys and, you know, we were talking about how, well, maybe now this is going to open the door and there's going to be more people doing this. Uh-uh. Nobody's going to, it's not going to. So the only reason it happened is because it happened somewhere else. And then he came here, but there's nobody that, you know, with the way the game is, that's going to spend three years in the minor leagues working, you know, the big league club's going to develop them as a hitter and a pitcher. Like, it's, it's you go do that on your own time, which basically is what Shohei did, you know, in Japan. And then when you're polished and ready, come on over here. Nobody's doing that, you know, with some, some kid, you know, that's out of University of Texas that pitches and hits. And then you get a it, like that's not happening. Just not. Okay. No, and that's and I that's I 100% agree with you because the likelihood that like you said that they're gonna let him go through the minor leagues. Do you know no do chance, the two way right? thing? No chance. There's no chance. Right. No way. Um, Juan, go ahead. I uh, Eric, the transition to into broadcasting for me seems to have been flawless. Uh, of course, we don't see all the hard work that you put in behind the scenes, but. Did you, what was your feeling going into broadcasting? Did you really have a desire for it? So when I was playing, fortunately being here in LA, um, I had a lot of opportunities to do things. Stu Nahan, who was uh, you oh, know, yeah. prominent way back when. Then I was doing some stuff at Fox. I was on the desk for the uh, the World Series. Was it the 01 Worlds? 01 or 02? The Yankees Diamondbacks. Uh, with Chris Myers, I'll never forget that. You know, we have we have our post game already, and that's you know the Yankees are going to win. You know, R- Rivera's in, and then boom, Luis Gonzalez and Diamondback gets that jam shot single. Diamondbacks win. That's my first foray into. Okay, we've got the whole show prepared this way, and uh oh, throw that all that stuff in the garbage because now we're going this way, right? And so it was interesting. Um, the, the way I got my the, my first, I want to say, I guess, break would have been, um, it was in 2004. I was home. I had been released by the A's that year. And uh, Ed Gorin of, of Fox calls me up, and it's in September, and says, hey, uh, you know, would you like to uh, call the Dodgers-Giants game? This is the last weekend of the season on Fox. Uh, Steve Lyons was uh, he had been suspended for a weekend. He was the, he and he was the uh, analyst. 
for Fox at the time. So I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll do it. You know, this is a national game. It's my first game. I've never broadcast a game in my life. I've done desk work in the newsrooms and everything. Um, but yeah, of course I'll do this, right? I, I may never get another shot. So ironically, I do that game. It's on a Saturday. That's the one where Steve Finley hits the, the, the grand oh. slam. Like, that's a crazy thing. Like, that's my first game. It's a Dodger-Giant game. And it's a walk-off. It's They win the division. Um, and so after that, I, like, I did the game. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I, hey, all right. I'm going to be working for Fox now. And so I remember Ed talking to me. And he says, all right, well, that's great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that contract to be handed to me right there. And he says, so uh, you go get some reps and then uh, check with us in a few years. I was like, what reps, you know? So anyhow, I was a fortunate ESPN. I, I worked at ESPN for two years, did, uh, did uh, Monday night baseball, Wednesday night baseball, did a, two uh, years of college world series, did little league world series. So that's where I got all my reps. And that's where, you know, I, I learned, you know, good, bad, whatever, and kind of, uh, I, I think then it's like I realized, you know, I, I would like to do this. It's it's not as time-consuming as if you're playing or if you're coaching. Um, it's a little more, I, I don't want to say stressful, because you say something, especially nowadays, you say something politically incorrect, Yeah. you know, you're done, and... You have to prep like you have to you have to prep like no other, because if you think you're just going to walk in there and, and well, back when I played, blah, 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 or rely on that, you know, you're going to get exposed real quick. Um, and, you know, for as much as you prep, you probably use about 10 percent of that prep for that particular game or event. And so I've, I've learned I, I think my style has changed. It's definitely different doing national stuff versus working for the Dodgers. Um, there, there's a, there's a, a different feel. You're, you're, you're broadcasting to a different audience. Um, so I'm, I'm still, I'm still getting my feet wet there. So it, one of the things that I find interesting, I mean, you're the color guy, you're a former player, you yeah. know, you know the game better than we do as we're watching it at home. Sometimes. <laughs> How hard was it to be critical of players in the beginning? Um, so I, I don't, I, I don't know that I'm ever critical of players as much as I'm critical of the situation. And and here's the thing: it's if I didn't expect it from myself, or um, like I'm not going to get on somebody for booting a ball, right? That's that. Am I going to, and I'm not going to really get on anybody. It's, it's more or less, I'm going to explain maybe why that happened. Right. right. So why did somebody forget how many outs there were? It's right up on the scoreboard. You should know. How, well, because you're playing 162 games and sometimes you're standing out there and you know what? You had a fight with your wife that morning and you're thinking about like, holy shit. Like I, I really messed myself up there and Oh, there's two outs. Right. Like that's your human being first. Yeah. And that's that's a thing that and, it, and it, I th think sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's sometimes frustrating if I am giving that side of the story, because <clears throat> people may want to just hear, oh, no, that guy should have made that play. He's a dog. He's right. getting paid X amount of dollars. You should have made that play. 
that has nothing to do with anything, right? What he's getting paid or what he's doing. Like, there's nobody out there that wants to get that hit more or make that play or have success more than, you know, that that player out on the field. And so, you know, sometimes I just I, I try to relay to the fans, you know, what what may be going on. Um, sometimes it's received. Sometimes, you know, it's oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Whatever. So how aware are you of those social media, you know, obviously, especially in the national level, whenever there's a national guy and he's being critical of the Dodgers, you hear it all the time. Oh, this guy, of course, the perfect example is Joe Buck. Joe Buck hates the Dodgers. You know, John Smoltz hates the Dodgers. Have you fallen victim to that on the social media? So I'll be honest, I don't, I don't do social media. And I've okay. never, I'm not, I'm not on, what is it? Facebook, I've never Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it is. So, and, and the reason it's not so, and here's the reason why it's not, oh, I'm not going to go on that. I'll show you. Right. It's believe it or not. I had a, I had a stalker in 2002 oh. and it, it was, it got pretty hairy. And so from a privacy standpoint, I just, I never entered into that foray. Never. And oh. that, that is a, that story is, great story and then can you share it no, with us? no it's not a, it's but let's just say that there was security outside of my house for a good three months that a guy just sat in the parking in my uh, in my driveway just sat 24 7 how i mean how common was that like I, I get that you need to be friendly with the fans. The fans come to support you. But it, examples like you just said right now, sometimes you don't know who you're dealing with, and you're that was an really yeah. so. So for the most part, like it's it's great, right? The, yeah. the interaction with fans, it's it's outstanding. And but look at you know, I mean, just the law of averages tells you that not you know every one of the fifty five thousand at Dodger Stadium, you know, is is you know, locked in, right? You know, there might be somebody that's wired a little differently. Right, right? yeah. Just, you know, and so, um, you know, that that's, you, you, you try to put yourself in a, a situation where, yes, you want to be interactive, you want to be friendly, you want, the reality is without the fans, you know, you're not, you don't have an opportunity to play in front of 50,000. There is no Dodger. You know, it's, it's just like Tommy, you know, used to say, without the fans, there's nothing, right? Yeah. And that is 100% true. Um, but you know, you read about instances and, in, in, you know, in all different sports, right. Yeah. In, 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 in just life in general. And so, um, you know, you just, you just try to try to be careful. Um, you know, like I said, 99% of the time it's all good. Um, but you know, sometimes it's not. Go ahead, Alonzo. Uh, wasn't expecting that. That uh, <laughs> that was a curveball that I did not. Right? I'm going to let you transition from that <laughs> right. one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the pride of Patrick Henry High School in San Diego. Uh, Eric Carroll's here for a few more minutes with us. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, as we look ahead, we, you know, with this current iteration of the Dodgers, uh, there, there's been kind of, you know, the, this idea thrown out there that maybe Clayton Kershaw should get this start for the All-Star game that's upcoming here at, at Chavez Ravine. Um, I, I'm pretty sure if that offer were to be presented to him, I don't think he would say yes but I also don't know Clayton, you know, kind of at that level. 
Um, and also, you know, there's the Tony Gonsolin thing, you know, if he should be the starter, he's kind of being f- from what a lot of people have been saying on the internet, which obviously you're, you don't partake with and good for you, by the way. So social exactly. media isn't real. So I'm, I'm stoked that you don't have to deal with that. But you know, that, that Tony Gonsolin is kind of not getting the respect that he deserves, you know, after the stellar year that he's had, I, I'm just kind of curious, you know, with all that stuff kind of going around there with that. And I know a lot of these guys don't really think about that right now because they're thinking about the series that begins with the Cubs. Um, do you think Clayton Kershaw w- should start this game or should it be Tony Gonsolin or should it be Sandy Alicantra? So first of all, I got it. So when you said like without question, you know, like these guys are just thinking about the Cubs series. They're not thinking about the all-star game, right? <laughs> so you tell me Gonsolin's not thinking in the back of his head, like, Hey, man, if I have another good start, like there's no way they can't. Right. So it's, it's like, I, you know, so all of those guys have, you know, great reason or, 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 or you know, great arguments to start, right? Um, but what it, what is the game, right? So back in the '70s, it was, you know, Pete Rose going to run over Ray Fossey, and that thing is just like we're winning at all costs, and it's now is it? It's more of a celebration, a production. You, you know, like do you know if you ask 99 percent of the fans in in major league baseball they would probably say i want to see you know clayton kershaw start that game right because it's one of the greatest pitchers to ever pitch it's at dodger stadium now who's more deserving of it this year the first you know three months of the season well kersh or gonsolin well I mean, that's not even a question, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's Tony, right? I mean, that's – but what it like, what is your def- – I'm not asking you, but it's like in general, what's the definition of the game? What is the purpose? So if the purpose is it's a show and it's great and it's, you know, like, okay, I, I want to see this production. I want to see this wow factor. I want to see this. So then that shifts me. I want to see, you know, I don't know. Do I want to see Otani pitching? Probably. Right. Who else? Who do, who's in the American League? Right. Like, I, you know, um, so uh, do I want to see Otani and Kirsch makes all the sense in the world if he throws, you know, I like the, the kid from uh, Florida. You know, I'll, I mean, that guy's just filthy. Do I want to see him facing, you know, Trout, Otani and Aaron Judge, the first three hitters? Like, yeah, dude, I want to see that. Like, that's that's production value. Right. Yeah. But there are guys that have earned it like Tony Gonsolin, and that would mean the world for him to be out on that mound starting. Like it did, how about, you know, Urias, right? He, he, like, dude, take away the wind light. He should, so there's so many different angles you can go and, you know, look, like I, I, man, I guess I would say in my, if it was a personal, like a personal experience, I didn't, I never played in an all-star game and there were years that I felt like I should have and that I had the number. So I would be along the line of the, the Gonsolin thing, right? Like, dude earned it. I don't give a, you know, so, but I get the curse thing. I get Tony, you know, put it this way. I'd like to see a Dodger start. How's that? That, no, that's that's a good and, and the reason I didn't want to bring up your, uh, your past all-star thing, I, I, that's, that's low hanging fruit. I feel like that wasn't fair, but you, I know you guys all th- you think about it because at the time, the game meant something different, right? right? And, and now I feel like it doesn't mean 
what it used to mean back you know back in the day because let's let's just be let's call a spade a spade right you were just mentioning uh, uh american league pitchers i mean justin verlander and shane oh, uh, mcclanahan right. i think is how you say his name they're quietly having great years yeah. but you don't really hear them getting the same kind of noise that that uh that tony gonsolin and kershaw are getting i guess for lack right. of a better term right right and and, and so i i so i like look at no matter what it represents now, whether it's a show or a game or whatever, as a player, sure, you'd like to have, you know, look at you play in that all-star game, you are, you're an all-star. Like you, you, you can, you can say that for the rest of your life, right? You can say, yeah, I was an all-star. Doesn't matter if you were good, bad, or whatever you play. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of guys that have been all-stars that would I trade careers with them? No chance in holy, you know what, dude. <laughs> Have that career, you know. But there's been, you know, whether it was Tim Salmon or Kirk Gibson or whatever. I mean, there, there have been some decent guys that didn't play in All Star games. No, fair. Uh, wanted to ask you. Actually, go ahead, one. Well, I, go ahead. Uh, well, uh, this is what I wanted to ask real quick. Looking at the Dodgers right now, I know there was that period where it seemed like everyone was getting hurt. You know, if anything. I, I think what you could say about the Dodgers was maybe they were underwhelming. If you could say that about a first place team, only because the expectations yeah, of this right. team I mean, are ridiculous. Right. But they're in first place. They're six games out now. And now it looks like they're going to start to get healthy. They're going to start getting some guys back. They may not need to make a trade. Do you still think they need to make a trade? And what trades do you expect to see? So I don't know about trades um but i think so so look at, at the end of the day what it, the goal is to win the world series right we all know that that's master of the obvious so is this a team that can you know walk through a, a short series and dominate so where 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 are the dodgers vulnerable so right now like i i'd have to say i'd say starting pitching like, I, I think any team would love to improve their starting pitching. And you're and you're always one pitch away from somebody going down. Right. So I am I am I'm gathering as much starting pitching as I can. And yes, I can sit and say, you know, Dustin May is going to be coming back and hopefully he's great. And, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed that Walker Bueller throws again. And let's hope that Tony Gonsolin stays healthy. And Urias is great. The rest, you know, like all these things, right? But you know, like so, so you're starting a so you're starting a series right now against the Braves or the Mets or or in a week you're starting and, and Degrom's back, right? So you're going to say, hey, look at Dodgers are the best team, blah blah blah. I'll take them against anybody. But here are my first three for the Dodgers, and here are my first three for the Mets. And look on paper, you know, when I when I'm going, you know, Scherzer and Degrom, and you know whether it's Bassett or Carrasco is when he's out, like, like that's that's going to be a problem, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, and 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 then you know the Dodgers, are you going to run out? You know, right now, like if you take the staff now, who you you know is is it Urias one or is Gonsolin one? Is Anderson in the mix? Is Kershaw healthy? Like you have. You know, you go, okay. So I would say this. The Dodgers right now are built better than any team or in a better than any are in a better position than any other team 
to get to the postseason, right? Like they're getting to the post. Like you can you can book that stuff. Like that's done. We know that. You know, I don't know that the I don't I can't say that about the Padres or Giants. Like I I, I could make a case that both of those teams aren't in, right? Yeah. I could you know. I think I think two teams from the Central probably get in, you know, just because that division is so bad, they're going to get wins. You know, you could have two, maybe three teams from the East. Like, I, you just – my point is Dodgers are getting in for sure, but in a short series, like, that's just a roll of the dice. And I'm taking – I don't care who, what team I am, even if I'm the Mets right now, or the – I'm getting as much starting pitching as I can. I'm getting it all. <laughs> uh alonso do you have anything before we wrap up uh i did want to ask you <clears throat> sorry my phone was ringing a second ago so that's why that was a little weird so apologies um it wasn't muted uh wanted to ask you as far as for you all-time favorite teammate who is that because you've played with wow. you've played with some guys so i think that probably it, it changes as um I don't want to say as I matured, but as I got older and because, you know, what was important to me in 1995 was not the same as 2000 or 2003 or four, right? Like, you know, we're, we're all different, you know, at 23 and 24, you know, the only thing that mattered was, you know, playing games and then where I was going afterwards. Right. You know, later on when I have a family, that's all kids at all of that. So, I would say early on, obviously, um, you know, Mike and I were really close. Um, I was close with Grezelonic when he came over. Then we both go to the Cubs. Sean Green um, was a was a favorite teammate. Moises Alou in Chicago, off the charts, off the charts. Um, in Oakland. Uh, the pitcher, like, uh, well, Kotze, Kotze was real good. I liked uh, Tim Hudson. Um, trying to think who who else. I mean, and there were guys that, you know, mentored me that were older. You know, Tim Wallach, Brett Butler, Roger McDowell. Um, man, Kevin Gross. There were a lot of guys, you know, there were, it just, it, it varied. And, it, but like I said, I, I used to, Used to run around a lot with Mike Piazza, Billy Ashley when he was with us. When I was in Chicago, it was uh, Grud. Um, you know, Oakland was, you know, some of the pitchers. Um, but it just caught, say, it, it just varies, you know, year to year and as my life kind of evolved. No, and I'm glad you prefaced it with that because one thing that we obviously try to do is, is you know, a lot of our listeners just see guys as, as baseball players like you were talking about, right? You know, oh, well, this guy should be doing this because he's making whatever amount of money. When in reality, it's still dudes. They're, yeah. still, they're still just trying to, to get through this, this thing called life. And, you know, baseball obviously is a grind, but everyone's kind of got their priorities in a different rap, right? Well, I don't know if like, I'd say, yeah, I mean, it's right. It's, it's, I don't know that I'd say priorities, but it's like we're not immune to, like, look, I mean, you know, I don't want to say it, but it's like, okay, so I brought up the stalker thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we were, you know, we were eight months pregnant and it didn't work out, right? Like, you have people, like, you have things that, that 
that are everyday issues. Now, granted, for the most part, you're not going to have the economic issues. And that can that doesn't solve problems, but it makes them lesser of a problem. Right. And and, and what I would like, what I would hope is that is that like fans understand, look, at when you go to a game, you're there to get rid of all, to get rid of all your issues. So, you know what, quite frankly, I don't care that, you know, Carlos is having a bad day at home or something happened or what, like, screw that dude better get a hit and better feel the ground ball. Right. Like that's, so you, so you have to understand that. But the reality is to also understand that like all these guys, they got issues, man. Like there's, they got real life issues too. And then you put that on top of the whole idea of like, do you think it's, do you think, do you think it's fun this year for, for belly to go to the park every day? You think he's like waking up going like, yeah, sweet dude. I got a game today. <laughs> like, do you think Max Muncie has been like, do you th- like those, th- that like, those are real issues. Those are, those are like, I don't want to say they're paralyzing issues, but like, dude, that's, it's hard enough to play under optimal conditions, but when you're up there going like, oh man, I got to get a hit. Like it's, it's, it is, that's what makes his game difficult. Like I'm, I'm totally going off on a soapbox here, but that's what separate, like this is, yes, it's a, it's a little kid's game, but at the big league level, it's played by men. And if you can't, this part up here is the big difference maker because it is just a constant kick to the you know what. Oh yeah, no, I mean, and I mean, everyone talks about it, right? Hitting a fastball is the hardest thing to do in all of sports. And then when you watch those angles from the catcher's perspective slash the, you know, the batter's perspective, like it's one of those when you see those. I, I call them the the keyboard warriors, like on Twitter when they're talking about like, oh well, why can't Belly go out and get a hit? Why don't you, my guy? Like, when's the last time you you won an right, MVP? So, but think of it like I. So, like I'm, you know, I'm rambling now, but it's like, yes, no doubt the physical part of it. Would, but think of it this way. So, I spend all my i I spend my high school years, my college years, my minor league. Like I, the only thing, the only way you're going to make it is if you're a hundred percent all in, right? Like that's your your eat, breathe, sleep chasing this dream the chances of getting to the big leagues let alone staying in the big leagues let alone making some money in the big leagues making a you know let alone making some like okay i'm not gonna have to work like i got a better chance of going to 7-eleven and buying lottery tickets right? right so you think you're chasing this thing and then now like i'm 27 years old i've been toiling in the minor leagues you know i haven't made anything I just got released. What life skills do I have at 27, 28? I ain't got, you know what my life skills are? I'll meet you over at the local park for an hour and I'll give you hitting lessons to the little league guy and I'll charge you 80 bucks. Like, so that, like you start that stress and you start thinking about all that. Like it just, it's, it's, it's interesting. That's what I'd say. It's interesting. I'm not, like I said, and you put this, make sure this part's in the show. I wouldn't trade my situation for anything. I I am so lucky that I, you know, it's luckiest my around, right? Right. And I know that. But it's also, you know, like people, 
not everybody is as fortunate. There are a lot of guys that got to the big leagues and played big league ball that, you know, like very few does it work out like this. It's the 1% of the 1%. And that's, that's one. You know, I, like I, I'd even argue probably mathematically it's, it's more <laughs> ridiculous than that. Right. Like oh, I, I'm sure. It, it, like, yeah, dude, it's, it's like I said, I got a better chance of going to seven 11 and picking eight numbers, dude. <laughs> well, last thing before I send it over to Juan yeah. to end the show, as we always do, uh, speaking of a guy that that's, I think he's going to be okay. And probably in the major leagues for a while, Trey Turner has not been extended yet. Do you think he stays, or is this one of those things where it's like, uh, we don't know, and we'll see how it plays out after the season? Wow. So I, I think they, the Dodgers would love to have him, right? And, you know, what he means to the organization, what he's done that goes, you know, off the chart. Reality is, if you're if you're Trey, though, and you've got this far, you won a batting title last year, you're having a great season right now, like if I'm getting extended, it's got or or getting a yeah extension or signing a deal. You know, it's got to be just like Aaron Judge, right? Like Aaron Judge has got this far. It's it's like, all right, boys, we're we're going out to market because we've gone this far. And so it's kind of the same thing, you know, with Trey. I, I I'd be shocked in the only way that I would think that he would stay at this point right now. Like if he signs it, it would have to be something so overwhelming, right? so overwhelming and you know i just don't know like there's nothing to indicate that the dodgers historically you know i I don't think they've done an overwhelming deal like you know somebody might say mookie betts got three dude i i would argue that that's probably that's probably a good deal for the dodgers right a good deal for the dodgers so i'd love to see trey here but i i you know i think he, he he obviously he's gonna he's gonna play it out at this stage no i think that's fair to point out because i i do agree with you i do think that the dodgers underpaid for mookie and i know a lot of people think that's crazy but watch for whatever juan soto signs for i mean look right. at what he's also even right. like turned down and right. even aaron judge right so i mean it the market's there and yep. someone's gonna back up the brinks truck for them it's just a matter of of what the Ooh. deal is gonna be no doubt no doubt go ahead juan all right, we're going to end the show, uh, Eric, uh, with some rapid fire. So uh, first one, um, has there ever been a time where you pissed off Tommy Lasorda so bad that you feared for your life? Not that I feared for my life, but I pissed him off many a time. Can you tell us one of them? Yeah, like my first year at Philadelphia, I was playing first base, ground ball hit to me with the bases loaded. I overthrew Sosha at home plate for the force out hit the back screen, all the runners on base scored. And, you know, I could, I can, I'm standing out at first base and I can see Tommy in the dugout and he's doing, you know, just screaming at the coaches about my terrible play. And I'm just thinking, Oh man, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of excuses to have when I, you know, and so it's funny after that inning, I run in there, Tommy meets me and, uh, you know, he's like, what the F is going on out there, Chief, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, Tommy, I was trying, and I get the word trying out, and he's like, try, try. I can get any one of these blankety blanks in the stands to try. I don't want tryers. I want doers. And then he walked away. I'm going, oh, dude, this is, you know, this is a 92. I'm just, I'm trying to belong. So how's that for rapid fire answer? That just killed the whole segment. That's, that's all right. Was uh, Ramon Martinez underappreciated? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, last one. Big mistake for UCLA to go to the Big Ten. No, you have to survive athletically. Economics, my man. So now we're going to end the show the way we always end the show. We are about the Dodgers. We're about L.A. here on the Bleed Lows podcast, but we're also about tacos. So being that you are a – hey, you grew up in San – I've been to Tito's Tacos. That's where I'm going to say, like, oh, I can't say that. What, why is it with you guys? You guys are with Tito's. We have Dale Murphy picked Tito's. Steve Mason picked Tito's. Is it just the crunchiness? Is that what you well, like? So I, I don't probably the crunchiness, and it's right over there. It's like I, I come out of, of work when I I work at the Fox Studios, uh-huh. and I could hit that on the way home, getting onto the freeway right off of. Uh, it's not National, but it's right. Uh, I forget the street it's on, but it's right by the four hundred five. Yeah, right, right. I don't know, like I. The only reason I don't go there is because it's always so darn crowded. Are you a corn or flour tortilla man? So that's interesting. So I will eat both, but I do like flour. Ugh. So you're a fan of the oppressor's tortilla, as we like to uh, refer to it here on the, the show. Oppressors. <laughs> the oppressor tortilla is it's a thing. Look, I, I get it. I, I There are certain, like for a quesadilla, I think it's acceptable. There you go. Let me, okay, so there you go. That's it right there. Quesadilla, flour, taco, corn. I'll, you're right. You're there we go. Now. Right answer. And yeah, there no, you no, have no, it. That, that you're right. I was thinking quesadilla. Like I, you know. So you hey. now, Eric, and now Eric Carroll's can run for public office with no scrutiny. Exactly. Because exactly. <laughs> we, we've gotten that sorted. Eric, we really appreciate your time, man, and for, for the great storytelling and uh, and for the soapbox even. Because I, I think, again, yeah. we want to humanize, the, you know, the, the you know because, again, it's not just players. Yeah, the name is there, right? Eric Carroll's, Dale Murphy, all that jazz. But you guys are still people at the end of the day. So I really appreciate you, human, you know, showing the human element of it all. All good. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, – Feel better. Don't get COVID for a fourth time, man. <laughs> I, if I get COVID for a fourth time, I, I have to be on some sort of an all-time list. Seriously. You don't want to be on that list, Selma, man. And and speaking of that, if you don't want to bet on me getting COVID, I bet you Bet Online has a line on that where you can't get it. There's a future of some sort, wow. I'm sure. Well played, sir. Well uh, played. Nice. Huge yes. segue. Huge, uh, huge thanks to Bet Online for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. Head on over to their website, betonline.ag. Use our promo code, which is believe B L E A V, and you will get fifty percent a fifty percent welcome bonus for uh, for joining. So go check them out. Huge thanks th- uh, to them for presenting, but most importantly, huge thanks to uh, Eric Caros uh, for joining us here on the podcast. And we will catch you guys down the road. Uh, go Dodgers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.